Welcome to Talk About Talk with Dr. Andrea. In this podcast, we will learn about all things communication. Listen as Dr. Andrea and the experts she interviews share their expertise. Let's do this. Let's talk about talk. Welcome to Talk About Talk. I'm Dr. Andrea Wojnicki. You can call me Andrea. The topic today is expressing your creativity. If you've listened to previous episodes, you know that I typically first share some research on a communication-related topic, then I interview an expert so we can all learn even more. The objective of this episode, though, is a little different. Yes, we will all learn something about being creative, but my main objective for this episode is to inspire you to be more creative every day. I hope to do so by providing evidence that being creative may have benefits that you hadn't even considered. This evidence is provided by my three talented guest experts, all with different creative careers. You will hear from Lori Ryerson, a professional photographer at Focalocity, Daryl Aiken, the owner of a quilting store called Fabric Spark, and Jen Perkis, a decorator at X and In Design. I will put up their bios and links to their companies, Focalocity, Fabric Spark, and X and In, all in the show notes at the talkabouttalk.com website. Yes, these are the same three guest experts who shared their amazing expertise on the topic of color in a recent Talk About Talk episode. If you haven't heard that podcast yet, I hope you will. Okay, creativity. I usually start with definitions, right? But defining creativity is not so easy. Listen to our guest, Lori Ryerson, a professional photographer, answer the question, what is creativity? I don't have the faintest idea what creativity is. Uh, In this universe where David Milne can take an iPad, um, where Banksy can shred something that sells for millions of dollars just because it got shredded, what is creativity? Um, what is art? What one person's creativity is another person's recycling bin. I have no idea what that is. Fair enough, Lori. I looked it up. According to the Oxford Dictionary, creativity is, quote, the use of imagination or original ideas to create something. Inventiveness, end quotes. So there are two parts to that definition. First, using your imagination or original ideas, and secondly, making something. Creativity could be what we think of as purely artistic. The something that's created could be a painting, or a photograph, or a dance, or a piece of music. It could be less obviously creative, like figuring out where to put your furniture in your house, or preparing a meal. And creativity can even be things like solving a problem or being strategic at work. Of course, there are many, many benefits of being creative or inventive. Let me introduce my three guest experts. I asked each of them what creative work they are most proud of. First, Lori Ryerson, the professional photographer. I do have one favorite child. I know you're not supposed to, but... I do have one favorite child of a photograph. I love to shoot our industrial scenes, sort of a la Ed Bertinsky. I'm fascinated by the duality of industrial 
uh, form and function versus destroy the world and that kind of thing. And Hamilton is just such a prime place for that kind of thing. Gorgeous. If you if you look at some of that stuff and you see the 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 steel mills and if you get there at night and you see the flames just coming up in the nighttime. Um, So I knew somebody, one of my uh, association members. He lived in Hamilton. I called him. He knew the owner of a submarine building firm. Ultimately, they said we could come out and shoot from their dock, but we had to sign off on paperwork because apparently the Canadian government does not like people walking around nuclear submarine building facilities with cameras. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise. So as we were on our way there to do all of this shooting, I get a call from our contact at this company and she said, I don't... Gosh, I don't know that you're going to want to come out today because this fog has just come down all over. Well, Amazing. okay, photographers and fog, that's like a match made in heaven. And I'm like, oh, that's okay. Don't don't be worried about it. Well, you know, by the time I get there, it'll probably have burned off. We'll just keep going and we'll see where we get to. Uh, it's become one of my most favorite photographs. Um it's a cross between uh, Bertinsky and Alex Colville, um, and there's fog everywhere. It sold very nicely for me as a photograph. I do it on metal. I still, it's one of the earliest pieces I shot. I still love it uh, so many years later. By the way, I included Lori's photograph in the show notes on the talkabouttalk.com website. Just go to the website and click podcast, and you'll see the show notes there. It's definitely worth taking a look at Lori's favorite photo. Now I introduce Daryl Aiken, the owner of a quilting store called Fabric Spark. I think Fabric Spark is my favorite creative project. Oh, I actually think it's Fabric Spark. I think it is my best creative work. And I really did it by myself. I hired a the best designer in the world. Like a website designer, you mean? No, or? a brand identity a guy. Graphic, yeah, guy. Jonathan Howells. He lives in the UK. He's a very, very good friend. He really helped me focus my thinking, and, and that was very helpful. But from there, with getting that help from him, I did everything else myself. And so I was doing it... Mm. Um, and it's been an evolving thing. It's very, very hard because I'm I'm a real owner operator. I I do I do I wear every hat. That well, that's why that's why that's your most proud. Um, I think that's it. I think that is my most proud thing. So it's it's, and it was a really creative endeavor for me. It was a it it, it didn't really exist the way I do it. It didn't really exist before. So I feel like I did create something, hmm. you know. And it's very true to me. It's very true to my motivations around this space and and I do get enjoyment from that and even like every week I write a newsletter and it's this little moment where I sit down I go right back to why I was doing this in the first place I get to talk about fabric now I introduce Jen Perkis an interior decorator at XNN Design I am most proud of a an entire main floor reno I did that started with the kitchen and and just grew like I actually say, I equate it with this thing that crawled all over the house. It just kept moving. My contractor who had slotted three months was there for over a year. And that is the sign of a happy client. And obviously a client that had the, the 
means to continue. But the reason I'm most I proud think she of- she got addicted to you, maybe. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I'm addictive. I'm addictive, so that happens. There you go. So I'm most proud of it because it was the biggest transformation. Um, there's lots of different styles I like. So it's not that it's, it's not that it's the style. It's not that it's the, the color palette. It's not that it's that it was the largest scope and all of the doubts that came up with either the client or the contractor because I pushed. That's why I'm most proud of it. Okay. So Lori, Daryl and Jen are all unquestionably successful in their creative pursuits. And furthermore, they've created things that they are proud of. But let's back up in time. I asked each of them whether they were always creative. First, Lori, were you always creative when you were a child? Did you know from the start that you would pursue a creative career? No, <laughs> not per se. Um, when I was a child, we, we didn't tend to use words like creative. Um, you didn't think of, so my background was, my first life was, I was going to be famous. I was going to be uh, an actor. Uh, of course, in those days, we called them actresses instead of generic, no, no gender humans. Um, and so I was going to be an actor. I was going to give Barbara Streisand a run for her money. So creative wasn't really what we thought of. There was you had a career or you did other things. And um, art was never a discussion. It may have been a means to an end. Um, I didn't discover, I didn't realize until I was probably in my 30s that my father, who was a manufacturer, his degree was in fine art. I honestly never made the connection to him being up at night designing machinery. He was always, he had his book beside the bed that he always, his invention book. And it never occurred to me that all of that went back mm. to a fine arts degree. So was I always gonna be creative? I never thought I was creative. Here's Daryl on growing up in a creative household of what she calls makers. I grew up in a household with an artist. My sister's a fine artist. So, you know... What does she do? She, she has done lots of things over the course of her life, including writing books. She's largely a watercolor painter and okay. draw. She has fine arts education. like mm -hmm. she, And what the rest of us do in my family. And all of us are makers. Um, my mother was not. Makers. Um, yeah, but my, my father was a total DIY guy who I would now call a maker. I do think everyone, I actually think everyone is creative, but we all find our own path for that, right? I, I, I do, I believe that. I believe that there's, you know, the potential for creativity in absolutely everything. And we might just be more or less predisposed to it or conditioned around it. And Jen, who has visceral memories of growing up and knowing that she was a creative type. When I was a child, I always knew I was creative. And probably before you would ever articulate in your mind that I'm creative, uh, never thinking about a career because I was a child, but I decorated my room constantly and I don't mean just interior decoration I decorated for every season and I don't even mean every holiday I used to decorate for each season so if it was spring I would have a little fence on my floor and I would put spring things in it and then I would change wow. it for summer and I would change it for fall and 
I look back now when I visit my parents who still live in our family home, and when I actually look at the size of my room, I am always, I stop in my tracks because I think of the stuff that I created in that room and can't believe how small it is. I just decorated it constantly. And then as I got older and bolder is when I started to request my parents to help me with like actual interior decorating. And I think it's when I was 15, I wanted to paint my ceiling black and one wall black and three walls white. My dad lived in a home of only women and he just gave up. So it was really just convincing my mom. And she hummed and hawed. This is a woman that loves antiques and, and bone china and very or very traditional items. It took a while, but I had a, I had a pretty good history and track record on wearing my parents down. So after the yes finally came, I painted my three beautiful antique dressers black. Did I always know I'd have a creative career? Not until I was older and I would say probably grade nine, grade 10, when you actually start thinking about careers, did I realize then I better think of something that's creative because my dad was, oh, they were already starting their, their university push. My dad went to York. My mom went to Ryerson. There was this big, uh, I would call it push in the house that I would go to one of those. And uh, my dad wanted me to be a lawyer only because he said no one argues better than me. He's right. Jen is also very funny, as you can hear. So she might have been a comedian or a lawyer, as her dad wished. She's got the brains, too. But she loves being a decorator. She gets to be creative and she gets to use her hands. I would say that anything that you create with your hands or your body, let's say you're a dancer, um, has its benefits. And I just think for me, I can only speak for me, I get a real sense of completion and this, it's almost a high. I've spoke to you personally about this high before when it comes to things like organizing and purging. When something is created just by you, I can't explain that feeling that I get with anything else except maybe creating a child. You're still creating, creating a home. There is something about making something yourself that there's a high like none other. But like I say, I can only speak for myself. I'm sure there are business people that would say the exact same thing when they have just created a deal and closed a deal and um, maybe completed a merger that get that same high. But there is something about working with your hands that I can't imagine anyone else feels. Notice how Jen mentions that she feels, as she says, it's almost a high when she creates. She's not the only one. Listen to Lori describe this feeling. Being in the zone is when I'm actually out in the field with my camera. And there have been times where people have been talking to me, couldn't begin to tell you what even... It, the sound, there's, when it's happening, when you're finally shooting something, and I guess the, the most consistent experience in that has been the few times that I've caught an aurora borealis. You're out, it's about 2 o'clock in the morning, because that's about the time when they seem to be most visible. You're in a strange location, so there's nothing that ties you to home. There's nothing that's familiar around you, and there is this light in the sky and it's phenomenal. It's like nothing you can describe. And in your head, 
Here's Daryl's take on being in the zone. I would say I've experienced flow sewing. Definitely think I've experienced flow. I think when I was building my website, when I'm buying fabric, like uh-huh. when I'm doing, when I'm doing, when I'm there as the buyer for Fabric Spark, hours can go by and I have no sense of time. I, I'm totally in my happy place. And it's silly because I'm just buying fabric, but I really love that. I love the possibilities. Sounds like a good place to be, right? Well, trust me, it is. It's called flow. You may have heard of flow before. You may have even experienced it firsthand. Personally, I've experienced it several times as an adult when I've been painting. It's when there are no distractions, and I like what's happening on the canvas. Suddenly, I lose track of time and space. I've also experienced it recently when I'm doing research for Talk About Talk, by the way. Yes, I do love doing this. Anyway, flow. This term was coined by Mahali Shikshant Mahali in 1975. Not coincidentally, his research also focused on creativity, and happiness. Being in a flow state is described as being in the zone or in the groove. It's when you lose sense of time and space. It's when you feel the most happiness. If that isn't a good reason to pursue creativity, I don't know what is. Speaking of happiness, I've listened to a few podcasts from Gretchen Rubin. She's written several books, including one called The Happiness Project. Gretchen challenges people, herself included, to find ways of experiencing more satisfaction and happiness in their lives. In one podcast episode, she highlighted that when you go on vacation, when you're traveling, you notice things. You look at everything more intensely because it's all so new, and maybe you won't get to see it again. You notice the way people dress. You notice that the street signs are in a different font than they are in your hometown. You notice everything, the foliage, the architecture, everything's different. Gretchen says, do that today. When you're walking or driving home from work, notice things, open your eyes. When I heard her say that, I thought, well, since I started painting, I've been doing more of that than ever before. I'm more mindful of my surroundings, at least visually. Listen to Lori, the photographer, tell about when she was more mindful of her surroundings. I was at a show downtown um, in the summertime and I was in somebody's booth talking to one of the other artists and I happened to sort of move my eyes away for a second to think about something and they got caught on the ceiling of his booth because there were leaves pressing from the tree he was right under a tree and the way the pattern of the leaves and I just I don't even know what he said at that point because my hand just went from my phone that was the only camera that was accessible and I just grabbed it and started shooting this thing and he's like Lore Lore hello Bueller right (laughs) I'm gone I'm gone I always say don't ever follow a photographer in your car because you'll end up rear-ending you know something can just happen so when you're pursuing something creative you notice things You may also be more open-minded and also more conscious of your emotions. Here's Lori again. For me, I don't go out with a preconceived idea of this is what I'm going to make today. I go out and I start, I put my, my artist eyes on and I'm like, I'm just absorbing 
where is the light hitting? Am I going to even shoot today? Sometimes I don't even. I go out and nothing really got my fancy. And so the camera's still, you know, parked on my shoulder. I haven't actually done anything with it. But then there's other days where I go out and millions of stories have presented themselves to me mm. that I am now interpreting with my camera. Mm. There was a, a gentleman back in the 60s named Minor White. Um, he founded a magazine called Aperture. I'm pretty sure that's what the right one. Um, and Minor White was a big one about not so much photographing what you see, but conveying what you felt. And Daryl on being open-minded and open to exploring new ideas. Especially now, I do think we're really at risk of losing the noodling, you know? And I, I, I think that's what I mean by creativity. You know, I, I don't think it's just producing something that is considered art. I, I think it's really freeing yourself up to not be encumbered by the accepted way of doing something or the traditional way of doing something or the historical way of doing something. Just being free to, you know, make things happen your own way. Back to what Gretchen Rubin advocates in terms of increasing your life happiness by acting as if you're traveling, on vacation, every day, looking at things as if you haven't seen them before. Well, it turns out that creative pursuits can also benefit us by encouraging us or acting as a catalyst for travel. Physically. I mean traveling geographically. Here's Daryl. I'm going twice a year. There's a big trade show for fabric stores. And um, the fall show is always in Houston. And the spring show moves around. And I really don't need to go. Like, we have wraps I can buy online. I really don't need to be there. But I go twice a year. I really, because I, it's, it's like my favorite perk of having fabric spark. Apart from the fact that I get first dibs on all the best fabric. I love even fabric I don't really like. I love going and seeing what the designer did with it and culling, you know, down to my picks and seeing what new thing is there from Japan. And Lori? It occurred to me, I really love to travel. And so now the photography allows me to travel because a lot of what I shoot is landscape and nature and travel photography. I go to places that other people don't go to or I try to find places that other people aren't going to, and, and then I take pictures of them. So, creative pursuits may provide you with a great excuse to travel. Many creative types would say they have to travel as part of their project, but this travel is actually a great side benefit, don't you think? Being creative can also benefit you in terms of external validation. Of course, the extent to which this matters varies by person, and it shows up in different ways. Here's Jen describing her awe of other creative people, then her response to a compliment she received about her own work. I have always been completely in awe of people that write music because they hear something in their head and they can actually put down notes on paper and it renders me speechless when you see that sort of process. And they could say the same thing about someone like me that looks at a room and sees how it should be laid out or how it should be before something is even bought or purchased for it. And there's something about compliments that, that speak to us too. When whatever you have done has reached someone else, there's something for that too. Fulfilling yourself. So connection? Connection, yes. And 
I guess, admiration, this idea that sometimes loving something enough for yourself is, is good enough until you realize someone else has come in and they're, they're equally as moved by what you've done. So the external validation could be a compliment, or it could be someone buying some of your creative output, or it could be an official award. Here's Lori telling the story of a photograph of hers that won awards. So this was just last year, and I went upstairs, our bedroom, my bedroom's on the third floor of our house, it's built into the attic, and I have a blind on the window. And I went upstairs, and the whole window was covered, the ice had blown, it was, it was that kind of wet rain icy thing, and so it had coated the screen outside of the window, so you couldn't see out the window. But the ice was reflecting now from the under, I've got a blackout blind on my window. So there's a white background. So the ice was reflecting off of that, which was reflecting back onto the window. I took one look at this thing, went racing for my camera, (laughs) came back upstairs. I don't even know that, talk about flow, okay? It was like, I saw this, ran to get the camera, came back up, took a shot. I didn't set up. I had no tripod. I had nothing. I saw this. I shot it. I processed it. It has won me several awards. Wow. Yes, I will link to Jen's favorite decorating project and Lori's award-winning photo in the show notes. Talk about external validation, though. Here's Daryl on getting fan mail. And I get letters from people. It's just, it's amazing. I got one yesterday. Celebrity fan letters. Well, let's just call it what it is. (laughs) (laughs) No, this woman, she had to cancel her subscription because she lost her job. And she wrote me this really long note about, you know, I'm really sorry. This is sort of the last discretionary thing I'm getting rid of because I, I need you to know how much I get out of getting that little parcel every month. It's very meaningful. So we've heard now that being creative can provide us with the opportunity to experience flow to create something that we're proud of, and it can provide us with external validation. What else? Well, being creative, specifically sewing, taught Daryl the value of slowing down and focusing, being in the moment. A day spent sewing is the best day. (laughs) It is the best day. I've learned something about myself, which is I do everything too fast. And I always underestimate how long everything's gonna take, so I'm always in a rush. You'd think at this point in my very advanced years, I would have solved for this, but no, I have not. And I think this, one of the things I like best about sewing is, is that you, at the, you know, you'll screw up if you rush it, like you'll, and then you end up sitting there taking stuff out and that's not a good feeling, although it happens to all of us. But so a day spent sewing is almost by definition, a day spent slowing down and being present. And you can't kind of, you can't kind of multitask while you're sewing. You can't get, you know, um, other things that require any concentration done if you're sewing. Lori shares how taking photographs provides an opportunity for her to express her individuality, her uniqueness, and her emotions. Photographers can stand in exactly the same place that I stood, but the photograph will never be exactly the same because his experience, um, he's trying to copy my experience. My experience was 
an emotional experience. Um, and so that's going to come through in different ways. Every one of my pieces comes with a story. It's not just, this is what I saw. It was, this is the story around my piece. Because when you sell your art, you're putting a little bit of your DNA into every piece. When you're trying to get someone to purchase your art, when you talk with collectors or art lovers or art buyers, however you want to call that, they don't talk about the photograph, look at this new piece of art. They talk about their relationship with the artist. So expressing creativity is sharing a piece of yourself, of your DNA, of your emotions. We have quite a list going here now of the benefits of being creative. We heard that being creative is an excuse to go out and try new things, a catalyst to experience life, if you will. We heard that with creative pursuits, you can experience happiness and flow. We also heard that being creative encourages us to be more mindful of our surroundings and to notice some amazing things. It can also encourage us to be more open-minded and more conscious of our emotions. Furthermore, pursuing creativity can even act as a catalyst for travel, and it can provide various forms of external validation, ranging from compliments to sales revenue to formal awards. And yes, pursuing something creative can encourage you and show you the value of slowing down and being more mindful. Of course, some of us never really needed convincing that we should pursue something creative. Listen to Jen. I look at it and I realize, number one, I thank God I knew by grade 10 that I needed a career that was creative. It helped me refocus my entire high school career. And I thank God because I realized that as soon as I could articulate in my mind that creativity in whatever form was so important to me, I, I worry that I look at my kids and I'm like, do you really know what makes you happy? Surely, surely Fortnite doesn't make you happy. It scratches an itch, right? You know, surely, surely watching YouTube videos does nothing more than scratch an itch. I knew creativity creative things, beautiful things made me happy. I knew that it helped, it helped steer me into almost every pursuit that I ever took in life. And so that is without being very specific, that is how important creativity is to me. It gives me direction and, and a direction that I knew would really make me happy. Here's Lori's closing advice about being creative and trying new things. I encourage people to learn. I encourage people to do things that are out of their norm. If you're someone who works in an office, which I did for 30-something years, then I encourage you to get out of that office and go to the ballet or go see some experimental theater or go jump in puddles or learn to do hip hop or take something that really is, is not something that you have the faintest idea and learn more about it. Uh, take someone who is afraid of heights and teach her how to do flying trapeze. So why? 
not why trapeze, but why learn to either consume or produce art? Jay Maisel, who is a a very brilliant photographer, um, and people quote this one quote of his all the time, is if you want to make more interesting photographs, be a more interesting person. Inspiring. I love it. And I think that quote is relevant for other contexts beyond taking photographs. Here's Daryl's answer to my closing question. Should we actively encourage people to be creative? Oh, God, yes. Um, Well, you know, if you imagine the absence of creativity, how horrible. (laughs) That's just unimaginable. You know, nothing would ever change. Nothing Nothing would be tested nothing would be yeah. modified so there's at a societal level or, yeah right? yeah that we would we would forego innovation and I, evolution yeah, i think what it, about it, at an individual level psychologically emotionally whatever? well i do i actually say i think on my website that i i believe we should all do something creative every day i i think it's easier to sleep if you've done something creative that day um, and it doesn't have to be in a traditional sense of creativity, you know, sitting down at a sewing machine. It doesn't have to. No, be no, not in any way. No, it can, you know, I think we, we can, we can apply, um, novel ways of doing things to almost anything we take on, you know? Um, but I, but I, I have a pretty broad definition for creativity, but I do think it, it's important that you, exercise that muscle Um, so because it makes you sleep better yeah and i think it also stimulates other things in your life so i will leave it at that thank you so much to my three guest experts photographer Lori ryerson of focalocity decorator jen perkis of exon in design and quilting store owner daryl aiken of fabric spark their bios and contact information and links to their work are all in the show notes on the website And if you enjoyed this episode on creativity, you might also like to hear another Talk About Talk episode with the same guest experts talking about colour. You can find that on the website or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, I hope you will feel inspired to go and be creative. Do something. Pick up a brush and some paints. Use your camera. Cook a feast. Move your furniture around. Take a class. Just do something creative. I would love to hear what creative things you are exploring. Please connect with me. It's easy. Just go to the talkabouttalk.com contact page, or you can email me at andrea at talkabouttalk.com. While you're on the website, I encourage you to sign up to receive my free weekly email newsletter. Every week, I cultivate a few things that I think are worth talking about with links to more information. Based on feedback that I've been receiving from some of you, I also share some fun background information in these newsletters, like how I met the folks that I interview for the podcast and where we conducted the interviews. This short email will only arrive in your inbox if you subscribe, though. Just go to the talkabouttalk.com website and sign up. Thank you so much for listening. Talk soon.